This is our first of two, I think, maybe three sessions on Colossians 2, 11 to 12. And it begins with, in him also, referring back to verse 9 or 10, 9 and 10. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him. You have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. And not only have you been filled in him, you also, here we are now, at the beginning of our text, in him also, in union with Christ also, you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. God did this, not any man. By putting off the body of flesh, we're going to focus on that next time. It's absolutely crucial to know what body of flesh is. By the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him. So all this is happening in in union with him as we are buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him. So this in him involves burial with him and resurrection with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. So, Father, as we try to understand this peculiar kind of circumcision that is done without hands by God through baptism and faith, I pray that you would teach us what's going on here, what has happened to us who have become Christians, and then how it relates to the particular false teaching that is prevalent, it it appears, in Colossae. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So several, maybe five, I have six observations, and uh, one of them we save until next time. First, circumcision, the background is that it's a sign of belonging to the people of God. It was given in Genesis 17. This, God says, is my covenant says this to Abram, which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. And perhaps God chose this particular kind of sign in the male sexual organ because he means for it to signify not only is God committed to Abraham, he's committed to the offspring who are produced through this sexual organ. Second observation. Already in the Old Testament, this act of circumcision was not merely a, an external ritual. So you see this in Deuteronomy. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart and be no longer stubborn. In other words, the Bible was making it clear that sign is a sign of something that must happen internally if it's to have any saving significance. Stubbornness must be cut away, not just the foreskin or the promise in Deuteronomy 30, verse 6, that is going to happen, and it has happened in Jesus. The Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul that you may live. So the the real circumcision has to be in the heart producing love for God. So that's the 
second observation. Now let's go back to our text and see the third observation. It is now not with hands. It's made without hands. That means not simply that it's not the kind of circumcision that uses a knife to cut away the foreskin. It's also not baptism with hands putting a person under physical water by a physical priest. In other words, he's saying what's going on is going on internally. It's not done with human agency. It's done by God. The baptism is a sign of it, not the unseen spiritual reality done without any human movements of muscles or hands. So the, the immersion in water by which we signified burial and the rising up out of the water is uh, an emblem of what is happening without hands, spiritually. That's the third observation. Fourth observation, the reality of what's happening is death with Jesus and resurrection with Jesus putting off the old, the body of the flesh, which we'll come back to, by the circumcision of Christ. How is it the circumcision of Christ? It's by union with Christ, sharing in his death and resurrection. Having been buried with him in baptism, so baptism signifies that we are dead with Christ, in which you were also raised with him. So those are the fundamental realities of in him you were circumcised, meaning you died and you rose with Christ. He's going to make a big deal of that in chapter 3, where we've already died with him and our life is risen with him and hidden with Christ in God. That's the fourth observation. Fifth observation. This all happens, this spiritual reality done without happens, this burial and death with Christ, this resurrection with Christ happens through faith. This is why, I'll just mention it in passing, not to offend anybody, this is why I'm a Baptist. Fundamentally, this text has held me captive all these years as I went to school with a lot of non-Baptists. In other words, the, the circumcision that is performed in the place of Old Testament circumcision is the spiritual reality signified by baptism, and it happens through faith. And those who can have faith are circumcised with Christ. Those who have faith are united with him, buried with him, raised with him. And what we have faith in is the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead, as it says in Romans 10.9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so here, the faith that saves is in the powerful working of God who raised Jesus from the dead. Now, what's left? To understand, and it is the most important thing perhaps, is what does he mean by the putting off of the body of flesh? 
We're going to come back to that next time because it sounds like the way he's saying it could play right into the hands of the false teachers who think that the body is a problem and that the solution to the problem is severity to the flesh. And so if he says that we're putting off the body of flesh, it sounds like he's joining them in the heresy that says the body is the big problem here. We just need to get rid of the body. That's not what's going on, and we'll see that clearly next time.